0: Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, Brian Buffini. Welcome to It's a Good Life. Glad to be with you today. Covering part two of the entrepreneur's dilemma. In part one, we talked about how to get on the same page, and I shared the story of a gentleman that I had a chat with. Somewhere between a chat and an intervention. It's a classic story, one that I've heard many, many times over the years. You know, working hard, not sure what they're working for, want to do more, but also the consequences of the work they've been doing, not paying off in their life. Very, very common thing. And uh, been there, done that, know what it's like. And certainly been there, done that over the last 26 years in coaching people just like that. So let's get on to the solution side today and really how to change the uh, trajectory of your business. I talked about on getting on the same page, having a vision, having a set of goals, and then having our plan, right? So it was our vision, our goals, our plan. So getting your family, your loved ones, your partner on the same page so you know what you're working for. And then once you have that, then you have to get into the plan itself. And I'm going to break the plan down into just three specifics that are very important. A budget, a set of action steps, and then the measurables. Right, so you start out with the goals, right? Here's Here's what I'm trying to achieve. Now, the key to having a very powerful plan, is you know why you're trying to achieve those goals. In the previous episode, I kept asking that gentleman, why are you doing this? Why do you need to make more money? Why are you doing that? Why? And I'm not trying to be a pain in the butt with the fella. What I'm trying to do is help him clarify his values. Help him clarify, what do you actually want? You know, sometimes when we get caught up in uh, seeing someone else in a different stage, right? we always think everyone else is doing great. There's always someone with a bigger jet, a bigger house, a nicer car, whatever else. And we project onto those people this easy living success. And some people even play into that, right? Some people will come along, oh, yeah, and I invested a few bucks, and then I did this, and I did that, and then it went public, and this, and I And I'm just telling you, those are all fantasy stories. Those don't exist. A success comes dressed in overalls and looks a lot like work, always. There's challenges we never understand the strife and struggle inside someone else's mind and heart and what's going on. Our society, you know, it's oftentimes, I always wonder, like, they'll hold up people as success stories, whether economically or in sports. And sometimes there's all kinds of tragedy behind this person, or all kinds of difficulty, or a trail of broken relationships and broken promises. And so it's just easy to kind of fantasize that the other person has it easy and you have it hard. They have, they're doing great. And that's why it is very, very important that you have your own personalized set of goals of what means something to you. Comparing yourself to other people and striving after their success, you don't know what their struggles are. And by George, you might go after their success, get their struggles plus your own. Your goals are different than the person sitting next to you unless you're married to them unless you live with them, because goals are uniquely personal. What actually inspires you? What actually motivates you? What's actually important to you? You know, the things that are important to me in my life today are very different than what I was striving for in the past. Having a Thursday afternoon to go down and hang with my grandkids, like that to me today is more than buying a building or owning a plane or whatever things I've done in the past. That's where I'm at today. And I've worked very hard to get to simple, the simple pleasures. I enjoy a Saturday morning game of golf over at La Costa with the lads that uh, don't care who I am or what I do for a living, just to be treated like a lad and Brian Buffini and not Brian Buffini the brand and have a bit of golf. And some days I play well and most days I don't. That's something I highly value. I've turned down huge opportunities and no, I'm going to play golf with the lads today. And uh, they don't know that I gave up a $100,000 opportunity to go play golf with them. They probably wouldn't do it for me. But the fact of the matter is that's what I value now. And so that's why having a plan is very much personal. It's very connected. Your goals are very personal. So once you have those goals established and why those goals are important to you, then you get into the practical part. And that's what today's about. And a budget. It's amazing how basic and simple this is. And yet... 57% of small businesses don't have a budget. 69% of small businesses do not adhere to their budget. Well, I can tell you, when you're out of budget all the time, you're out of control all the time. When you're out of budget all the time, you have no peace of mind. We want you to feel better. We want you to think better. We want you to do better. Let me tell you, when you're not controlling your finances, you're not in control of your business, you're not in control of your life, and you are anxious, you are uptight, and you have this Constant sense of being unsettled. Why? Because you're not adhering to, oh, but I own my own business. I get to do what I want. That's true. And you get to go bankrupt if you want. And you get to go to the loony bin if you want. And you get to be popping pills if you want. A very simple thing to do is a budget. I've been teaching this for years. Let me tell you this. Within their first year in coaching, if a client of ours, and we have 22,000 clients right now, if someone does not have a budget within a year, we won't keep coaching them. Just won't. And it doesn't matter how much money we can help make. It doesn't matter how much we grow their business. Because if they grow their business but don't control their expenditures, it is going to fail. And I am not going to be responsible. Our coaching staff is not going to be responsible for someone's failure. We're going to tell them the hard things. Sometimes the reason why someone doesn't want to have a budget is they don't want to have the hard conversations with someone they love. Or they don't want to have the hard conversations with themselves. Sometimes they just don't want to know. And sometimes we gain the salesman's mentality, which is one more sale, one more deal, one more transaction, or one more amount of money coming in will solve the problem. There's no amount of money you can't overspend. My father used to say, and again, my dad gave me a lot of great tips on owning a business. And he used to say, Brian, you are on top of the mountain, throw a little dirt in the valley, it'll break your fall. And what he was talking about was, okay, not only keeping your budget, but throw a little money down in the valley. So when you have a good month, or a good quarter, that you have some reserves. You know, he was in the painting business. And like many people in construction, it can be peaks and valleys. You know, right now, there's a lot of money circulating. It's hard to find a contractor. They're busy as all get out. Now, I'm also keeping track right now. I've, contractors I've worked with for a long time that aren't following through and aren't doing what they used to do because they're so busy. Well, guess what? Contractors are notoriously terrible marketers. So, When the market's busy, they're busy, and then they're not. They live in feast and famine, and right now they're in a feast. And my father knew that as a fifth-generation contractor. And he'd say, throw a little dirt in the valley, it'll break your fall. So the budget is part of that, but I would also say the customer service is part of that. People remember, and I remember, there's people that I've done business with for a long time in how they've handled their latest success and how much money there is and how much demand for their services is. They haven't done a good job for me, and they won't be doing a job for me anymore. And those will be the same people that will come looking for work at some point in time in the future. The market remembers. Eric Worre says, becoming rich is hard. Staying broke is hard. Choose your heart. (laughs) So a budget, okay? A budget. Errol Flynn, the great actor, said, it's a written description of my suspicions. (laughs) Where do I suspect I'm spending money? Edmund Burke said, if we command our wealth, we shall be rich and free. If our wealth commands us, we are poor indeed. That's from the 1600s. The beautiful thing about today, there are so many budgeting apps that you can use. And I'll be doing a couple of shows on this for both your business and your home life, okay? But there's so many apps. There's so much software. There's so much help. You can get a bookkeeper. There's so many things you can do. So you need a budget. You need to stick with it because you're sticking with it as part of the plan. And this is what you're going to do. If you're going to break the budget, it better be part of the plan. The second thing in the plan you got to have is action steps. Here are the things I have to do. According to Webster's Dictionary, a plan is a detailed proposal for doing. It's a detailed proposal for doing. By its very nature, it's about action steps. Now, the second part of the definition, it's a detailed proposal for achieving something. And I'll talk about that next, which is the measurables. So the first part is a detailed proposal for doing. The doing is the action steps. You know, some people, love the planning process. They really do. Not most entrepreneurs, but some. And what they do is they love the plan, and they love the plan, they keep writing the plan, but they don't do anything. They're constantly getting ready to get ready. They're constantly trying to perfect the plan. George Patton said, I will take a poor plan, violently executed, over the perfect plan, never implemented. You have to implement. you If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to be a doer. But now you have a plan. So you're not just the rat on the wheel, you know, running around on the rat trap, going around the circles over and over and over again. Now you're actually doing something. So there has to be action steps. Okay, so here's the goals. Here's the financials to support that. Now here's the action steps to support the plan. Here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three. Gandhi said, all good thoughts and ideas mean nothing without action. Simon Sinek said, dream big, start small, but most of all, start. Right? That's An old Zig Ziglarism, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. And and again, what do we find? Some people are great at starting, not great at continuing, or sometimes struggle with finishing. There's people who really start with struggle. I had lunch with a good friend of mine the other day, and he's working on this project. And he's stuck at the start, so I'm there helping, giving him a framework for the start. And now that he has a framework for the start, he's going to go fly. So that's why we all need a little bit of help. We need friends, we need colleagues, we need counselors, we need coaching. And so Martin Luther King, he said, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. So we have to start. So we have this plan, then we get the budget, now we have the action steps, right? A detailed proposal for doing, then do, then do. And that leads me to the third part, which is measurables. And again, I'll go to the second aspect of the definition of plan. It's a detailed proposal for achieving something. We have to have mile markers. You know, sometimes when we're succeeding in life, we don't even know it. Sometimes when we're succeeding in business, we don't even know it. There are things that are easy to measure. You can measure income. You can measure expenses. You can measure sales. You can measure things like that. There's other things you can't measure. You can't measure how you're improving as a leader. It's hard to know your peace of mind. It's hard to know how you're feeling better about your business. You're doing better with your family. Those things are hard to measure. I tell my bride all the time that, you know, there's no trophies given out for being a great mom. It takes a long time to see those things. And that's one of the reasons why having a journal is a fantastic thing for every entrepreneur. And that's why when we talk about this program, you're like, okay, it starts with feel, think, and do. Well, when you're journaling, it's how do I feel? What do I think? And what did I do on a daily basis? How do I feel? what am I thinking about? Sometimes what am I worried about? And then what did I do today? As I've kept journals over the years and look back on those things, some of the things of where I was feeling or what I was thinking, it's amazing to see the progress in those areas. Like things that used to worry me that I go, man, I I haven't even thought about that in years. That means I've grown. So like as an entrepreneur, that's immeasurable. Then you need milestones. If you have a team, your team needs milestones. Okay, we're going to go do this. We want to be the number one in this sector, or we want to increase our market share by this percentage. You know, those kinds of things. You want to have goals. A Buffini Company, we have hundreds of employees. We have goals as a company, and then we have departmental goals, and then we have little bonus programs built around those things based on the progress we make. And none of us is as smart as all of us. And so now you get this collective movement towards these measurables. So we have the goals in mind, then there's a budget, there's the action steps, and then there's the measurables. We're trying to achieve something. Galileo said, measure what is measurable and make measurable what is not so. And that's where the journal is key. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you want a journal. What you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're doing. That's part of that Galileo quote. Kenny Rogers says, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Know when to walk away and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the deal's done. Kenny's telling, you know, that's the old gambler song that we all associate with Kenny Rogers. But you got to know these things. You got to know. You got to know how you're doing. You got to know how you're doing now. Now, I would say this. Warren Buffett says he judges an investment after 5 years. That's a gutsy deal. Now, he's lived till he's in his 90s, so it's worked out well for him. And in today's world, that's a different deal. What do we have? We have people who measure their investments by the hour. Why are young people talking about cryptocurrency because they want to get rich and they want to get rich quick. You know, the wild thing that I say to them is you have one of the three ingredients for getting rich. You need investment. You need a rate of return over time. I said, you know, when I'm advising people who are 50, 60 or 70 years old, I don't get to talk to them the way I talk to you. You guys are 22, 23, 24 years old. And if you'll make an investment with a solid rate of return, over time, you'll all be millionaires. You have time on your hands. You want to take time, your very greatest asset as an investor, and throw it away because you want to have it quick. You know, you've seen the ads. Now they have the ads. They're even making jokes at crypto. And the guy's walking along, oh, I'm a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. Who wants that? Who wants that? We need to have... Measurables. We need to know what we're doing, why we're doing it, and then we need measurables. We need measurables for our success. We need measurables for our business, and we need to keep track. Now, here's what I think is a great measurable for a business. And what I do at Buffini and Company is I give great autonomy. My brother Dermot's the CEO. Jim Paulzine is our chief operating officer, who evolved from our chief financial officer. And what I do is I meet with the guys once a quarter. They do what's called the chairman's report. And that is they got lots of room to make lots of decisions. We have a plan. I'm not looking over their shoulder every minute. They have a lot of autonomy. They have a lot of authority. But once a quarter, they got to come in and show me the measurables. And the chairman's report is, here's our goals. Here's how we're doing in regards to our goals. And here's the results. Now, they also spit out a report once a month. So I have a chance to read and review. But I actually will leave them alone. Sometimes the plan takes a little while to work itself out. And I had to learn that as an entrepreneur. So once a quarter, I'm checking in on the measurables of Buffini Company to see how Buffini Company's doing economically. Are we on track for our goals? What needs to be adjusted? What needs to be refined? What needs to be invested in? Are we winning? And it empowers the team to go do what they need to do. And guess what happens? And just like it's happening this year, they're beating the goals, right? They're beating the goals. They have the freedom. They have the authority. They're getting after it. If they have a question or input they need from me, they get it. And again, this is a mature business. Right? I'm at this particular business 26 years, but those measurables are there. Jim Rohn said, learn how to separate the majors and the minors. A lot of people don't do well simply because they major in minor things. When you are focusing on the measurables, then you go back, all the way back to your very start of something as simple as your calendar. Where do you spend in your time? Where do you spend in your energy? Where does that align with your goals? Where does it align ultimately with your calendar? And that's where we're going to finish off here today. Is your calendar. I want to talk to you about this principle. We talked about getting on the same page, having a plan. The third part of this is to own your own business. Now, you already own your own business. Why am I bringing it up is because, and I've experienced this, many people, their business owns them. How does your business own you? Well, your calendar. Your calendar is not your own. Now, I'm going to tell you in the last 35 years of being an entrepreneur and 26 years in this business, I have had seasons where I was in total command of my calendar and seasons of where my calendar got away from me. And during COVID, my calendar got away from me because my whole life changed. And what I did and how I did it, and I became a broadcaster, not a guy on stage. I became a guy who was more influential through different mediums than I was through my own business. And so what happened is all these different things appear on my schedule. And up until about a month ago, I'd had the last two years, I was not in control of my own calendar. You gotta own your own calendar. Otherwise, you don't own your own business. Stephen Covey says, the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. And that's what I go back to. So what, how do I own my own calendar? I take out my calendar and I say, okay, what does Brian need? And I block out Brian time. Didn't never used to do that. Then I go to Bev. What do we need? And we block out little date nights and things like that and little weekends away. Then go, what does the family need? Okay, there's when we're going on vacation and here's where we're doing this. And here's where there's some tournaments and this, stuff like that. And here's Thursday afternoons with the grandkids. And then I go to the company and say, here's what's left over. Now, what do you guys want? And that gets committed to, and that becomes the plan. Now, there's some adjustment, but now what happens? The adjustments are rare as opposed to the adjustments are every day, right? Like if you think about a plan, you go home, your meal's already set up. If your meal's already set up, you're probably going to make a healthy choice. But you go home, you're tired, your energy's low, your blood sugar's low, you're going to eat whatever's not moving. And it's probably not the healthiest choice, right? So that's what you do with your calendar. Henry Kissinger said, there cannot be a crisis next week. My schedule is already full. John Piper, great theologian, said, the rich fruit of spontaneity grows in the garden that is well tended by the discipline of schedule. That's the key. If you have a great schedule, you can be spontaneous. But you're only spontaneous once in a while. That's why they call it spontaneous. For some people, that's every day. Why? Because there's an adrenaline rush. You get fired up. You don't own your schedule. You don't own your life. You don't own your business. The second thing to own is your discipline, your own disciplines, your own disciplines for your work. I have to work on the priorities of the company. I cannot do $10 an hour work or this company's in real trouble. I have to do the things that are of premium importance. I have to stay true to the top of my priorities of my work life and my home life. Tommy Lasorda: The difference between the impossible and the possible lies in a person's determination to be disciplined. Zig Ziglar said, "Discipline yourself to do the things you need to do when you need to do them, and the day will come when you'll be able to do the things you want to do when you want to do them." Well said, my friend. And the great Ogmandino says, "I will try and try again. Each obstacle I will consider a mere detour to my goal and a challenge to my profession." So, you want to own your business? You got to own your calendar first. Next, you got to own your discipline, and your discipline to me is day-to-day. Day-to-day. Can I win the day today? And what is the discipline for me today? You have your calendar. Discipline is only one day at a time. Can you have a disciplined day today? Or can you wake up tomorrow morning? I'm going to have a disciplined day tomorrow. You won the day. Then start over the next day and ask yourself the same question. If you own your calendar, own your discipline, then the the third part of own your business is to get to own your life. Because you have your calendar. You're working towards your your vision, your goals, your plan, you have a budget, you have action steps, you have the measurables, you own your calendar, and then you're being disciplined about it. Stephen Covey said, "I am not a product of my circumstances, I am a product of my decisions." Barbara Hall says you are in control of your life. Don't ever forget that. You are what you are because of the conscious and subconscious choices you have made. And then the great Napoleon Hill said you can influence, direct and control your own environment. You can make your life what you want it to be. That's why we own our own business. That's why we had the guts to get into business for ourselves. Maybe you got a side hustle. Maybe you're a full-time entrepreneur. Maybe you're in a real estate mortgage business, whatever it is. But you had the guts to get into business for yourself for this reason, because you wanted to have some freedom. You wanted to work towards something you could own. So what do we need to do? We need to make sure that our business doesn't own us. Get on the same page with those you love. It's our vision, our goals, our plan. Then you got to have the plan, right? The detailed proposal for doing something or getting something done. It's a budget, action steps, and there's some measurables. And then own your business. Instead of your business, own you. Own your calendar, own your discipline, own your life. Well, thanks for spending today with me. I've hoped uh, these two episodes have really been a blessing to you. I want to pass you off to my mom. She's the one who's been the wind beneath my entrepreneurial wings for the past 35 years. And I hope she gives a little boost to all of you today with a little Irish blessing. Until next time, we'll see you then. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.